Hello and welcome back to the Metal Says podcast. I'm your host JB and I'm excited about today's topic. We are talking about thrash metal and more specifically we are talking about Slayer. Their lasting legacy, their influence on metal as a whole on the back of their retirement and we're even going to have a little look at who could possibly fill those very very big shoes in their wake. So let's get into it. Thrash is one of metal's most enduring subgenres and one of its largest and most popular. It's usually connected with the Bay Area of San Francisco, but Thrash's creation can also claim heritage in Newcastle, England with the band Venom. In the early 80s, Thrash was taking off and before long, four bands began to stand out in the American scene. This was Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth and of course Slayer. Together, these bands would eventually become known as the Big Four each one bringing their own traits to the genre. Metallica at the time were plucky kids showing incredible talent and turning heads all over the US and Europe. Megadeth in ways were an offshoot of Metallica and an alternative or rival with Dave Mustaine at the helm and Anthrax offered a high energy if not somewhat nerdy flavour. Then there was Slayer. Slayer were really a different brand of thrash entirely. Their imagery was much darker than what most other thrash pioneers were putting out. Deciding to focus on satanic themes early on before adding in serial killers, death and gore into the mix as they went forward. This would set them aside from the rest of the thrash landscape. Other bands would imitate their style and Venom had already established the dark side on the UK shores, but Slay were one of the first on the American side to really lean into such a style. Inspired by acts such as Bathory, Hellhammer and Venom, Slayer wanted to craft their own mythology within the metal community. They intended to take extreme metal to the next level and they wanted to build on what these bands had done before them and that's exactly what they did. Their debut album Show No Mercy still holds up today as a strong thrash album worthy of multiple listens. It was released on December the 3rd 1983 via Metal Blade Records and produced by the now legendary Brian Slagle, also the founder of Metal Blade. The album was self-financed, combining the savings of vocalist Tom Araya and money borrowed from the father of guitarist Kerry King. Upon release, the band began relentlessly touring and extensively promoting the album. The touring was done on a budget and with a DIY attitude. Everyone chipped in to help with the stage setup and the sound rigs, including friends and family who were along for the ride. Show No Mercy was criticised for poor production quality, but that didn't stop the record becoming Metal Blade's highest selling release at the time. Brian Slagle touched on this in an interview where he said that probably around 15 or 20,000 units were sold and that was US numbers. Show No Mercy probably did another 15 to 20,000 outside the US. That's not bad for a debut album on a label that only founded two years prior. Hell Awaits followed two years later also on Metal Blade and that was followed up by Rain and Blood in 1986 this time on American recordings. Rain and Blood being of course one of Slayer's most beloved albums and for good reason. Boasting the massive Rain in Blood alongside Angel of Death, Piece by Piece, criminally insane. This really cemented Slayer as a force to be reckoned with. Their speed, aggression, dark imagery and of course Kerry King's signature screaming solos helped the album become an instant fan favourite and is today considered a worldwide classic and is easily their most well known release. Things didn't let up here though, the equally well received South of Heaven followed with more of the same, with such standout tracks as Ghost of War, Mandatory Suicide and title track South of Heaven helping keep the streak going. 1990 saw 
Seasons in the Abyss drop. And again, this validated Slayer's place as one of the fastest rising thrash artists. Opening with the insanity of War Ensemble, the album convinced fans that the new decade was going to be a good one for Slayer. However, releases that followed Seasons in the Abyss were maybe not quite as high a standard as those mentioned beforehand. Divine Intervention and Diabolus in Musica considered weaker records. There was also Undisputed Attitude, a cover album and a rebellion against what Kerry King said he saw everything wrong with punk rock. This landed well with fans and helped genre crossovers among listeners. Now all of these are not terrible albums, they're just not as groundbreaking as their predecessors. However, the band's popularity didn't suffer. They had a strong back catalogue and a relentless touring schedule to back them up. At the same time, their live shows were becoming legendary. By the time 2001 rolled around, the world had changed and Slayer adapted. They released God Hates Us All. Some consider this another of the weaker releases, but it stood the test of time, something that can't be said for a lot of work from the early noughties. Slayer attempted to add slight tweaks to their sound, but overall they retained their intensity and over time the album has grown on many that originally rejected it. Christ Illusion, World Painted Blood and Repentless followed with the latter closing out Slayer's career as their retirement was confirmed. So what's the legacy of Slayer? Well, for one thing, they helped Pantera complete their transformation from spandex-clad hair metal to the brutal, uncompromising band we know and love today. Kerry King, upon meeting and jamming with the band, really helped mould the new Pantera, something every metal fan can be thankful for, especially if you've seen some of the pictures of their early days. Pantera were already thinking about changing their image, adopting a more harder edge, and, and meeting Kerry King really helped confirm that's the way they wanted to go. There's not many people with a harder edge than Kerry King. As mentioned before, they helped build extreme metal, taking the work of their influences and amplifying everything to 11, inspiring not just extreme thrash bands, but death metal acts as well, such as Death, Obituary, and Morbid Angel. All of these bands possess the DNA of Slayer in their own work. They made a career with zero compromise, no rules, and a middle finger to all those who opposed them. They became the living embodiment of the heavy metal attitude, a beacon for all those who felt oppressed, forgotten, overlooked, or were just downright pissed off. In the early days as a kid, to be into Slayer was like being into something dangerous, something people around you couldn't understand or maybe even handle. Metal Kids found the controversy of the band impossible to ignore. It was dark and dirty and this drove people on. It drove the band on too. They carefully marketed their image to great success based on their reputation. Simply put, heavy metal as a whole would not be the same today if it wasn't for Slayer. They're well deserving of a spot among the iconic Big Four and their very name is used as a heckle. Screamed at bands that aren't entertaining crowds or could never measure up to the might of Tom Araya and Co. Even the untimely death of guitarist Jeff Hanneman wasn't enough to slow them down. While of course the band grieved, his replacement was just as a titanic guitarist as Jeff himself. This was Gary Holt of Exodus, another band touched by Slayer. He stepped in and seamlessly took the reins, such is the allure of the band. There will never be another band like Slayer. An impossible to replicate sound, an iron will, an attitude to do everything bigger and more extreme, an iconic image 
that is often imitated. Slayer's departure leaves a vacuum within the Big Four, an elite group that could soon be dwindled down even further. But let's face it, Metallica, while they are planning another album release, they must be considering retirement somewhere in the back of their minds. Anthrax aren't getting any younger but somehow seem to refuse to tire, and Megadeth can't be too far behind them. While no one wants to see these bands go, it's worth asking the question, who will the new Big Four be? I thought I'd run down some contenders. The first one is fairly obvious if you're into thrash metal at all, and it's a band that a lot consider on the fringe just outside, pushed right up against the Big Four, and that's of course Testament. They've been around a long, long time. They're very well experienced. They were very well versed in the metal world. A wide range of releases and a lot would like to see them maybe take Slayer's place if we're going to continue with Megadeth, Metallica and Anthrax. Let's just swap out Slayer for Testament and give them a run. It's well deserved. There's not many bad Testament records. They're incredibly talented. They've got a great following and a lot would like to see them finally give them that recognition of one of the top, top thrash artists. So they're a shoe in for me. They're, a, they're an obvious choice. Another obvious choice for me would be Exodus, as I mentioned, um, Gary Holt's home band before he joined Slayer to, to see out their career. They're a harder side of thrash, definitely in, inspired by Slayer. They're still true to the roots of the genre and they were also the first band of Kirk Hemet before he joined Metallica. So they're another choice. One more, this is a little bit more left field. This is Evil Invaders, technically probably more speed metal than thrash but still a really strong band and it's quite early in their career. They're touring hard and they've got two fantastic releases under their belt already. I'm personally a big big fan of Evil Invaders and I think it would be great for them to build on those two early releases and take a slot uh, among elite bands. I think they've got what it takes. And of course another one that's probably fairly obvious to a lot of people, Creator. German powerhouse, thrash band, they're still touring, they're still releasing music, got a huge fan base in Europe. I think it's growing in America as well. They've got to be right up there um, as an alternative to Slayer or, or the Big Four. So what do you think of that? A Big Four with Testament, Exodus, Even Vaders and Creator. That's one scenario I've come up with. But I've done another. We've got four more bands. Municipal Waste. Again, really strong following, insane live shows. They've got a great sound, furious speed a really cool 80s style. I think they'd be a great fit for a new Big Four. An extensive back catalogue. They've released a new EP, The Last Rager, recently, which is excellent, you should check that out. I'd like to see Municipal Waste go further and really build on the foundation that they've got at the moment, because I feel it's a really strong foundation and that they could really take things to the next level. Another one is another favorite band of mine, Power Trip. These would be an early bet for a new Big Four. They're still a young band, they've got an excellent sound, good stage presence, got a great attitude. These have been touted in the media before as the next big thrash act and I don't think that's unfair. I think they're, they're incredible. I'm really excited to see what they release in the future. They've got two very good albums out already. I've managed to see them live. They are phenomenal on stage and I think they've definitely, definitely, as an early bet, got a shout to be in a new big four should one come about. Another one is of course Destruction. They're very active. They've got a new album out this year. They're very popular in Europe and they've got a good old school sound going on. So that would draw in maybe some of the older crowd. And another one, they kind of sit in that 
same sort of space as Destruction. That's Death Angel. Like I say, very much like Destruction. They've got a very good following in the US and Europe. They've got strong releases over the last few years with more to come. I think they'd be a safe bet. So that's the, the second alternative Big Four. That's Municipal Waste, Power Trip, Destruction, and Death Angel. They're my picks. They're my eight picks. So I think you can mix and match them and you get a really strong Big Four. Most of those bands are, of course, influenced by Slayer, the likes of Exodus, uh, Creator, Power Trip. They've all, they're all going to pay tribute to Slayer in somehow, and you're going to find Slayer in each and every one of those DNA somewhere. I think it's a good mix of experience and young blood. How big all it takes to reach the heights of Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax and Slayer? Who knows? Are some of them already past their expiry date? Did I miss anyone? Let me know. Get in touch on Instagram. The handle is at metal underscore saves. Comment on this podcast episode's post or drop an email to metalsaves1 at gmail.com and let me know what you think of those picks. Municipal Waste, Power Trip, Destruction, Death Angel, Creator, Evil Invaders, Exodus and Testament. Out of those eight, who would your big four be? Who are your outside bets? Who are your early bets? Let's get a discussion going. I hope to hear from you. Hope you enjoyed this quick episode on the rundown and legacy of Slayer. If you learned anything, that's great. Let me know if you think I missed anything out. Also, let me know. Please review the podcast. Without feedback, we can't grow and we can't improve the show. With that, I will see you next time.